Welcome, and uh, today we have very special guests over from the other side of the island. We have Kaimana Souza, Joe Hello. Souza, and Kristen Souza. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much, guys, for coming down. Thank you for having us. And bringing food and always being awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's always special when we get an invitation from you, Andrew, and we, as expected, we show up. <laughs> yeah, you guys always do. <laughs> Which is the fun part, right? Because then we can spend time together. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So what's been going on lately with Connie Leah? Oh, wow. Many new and exciting, especially with 2019 and having Kaimana, Eokepa, and Kahiao more involved with what we're doing as an ukulele company. And that has really made 2019 special because you know with them having interest in what we do and really appreciating the beauty that we're doing with ukulele and you know sharing aloha with the world and all the you know the things we've been doing for the last 21 years but in this case having it with the family and having all of us bringing um, you know more to the, the table as far as well with Kaimana and his background in um, you know marketing and his ability as a you know young man to contribute in a different way than he had ever had the opportunity to in the past um, you know working the laser and coming in and milling and doing the things that we did in the years past but in this time you know today where he's in a different capacity and being able to you know head sales and marketing and do the things that really is his specialty have you um i mean what was your path to did you kind of try to stray off and end up back home or yeah i did i did um i was at the shop full-time in the assembly department in 2013 is when it really started um i did in the shop doing some paperwork stuff here and there and then in 2015 i did try and not try i went out and i did my own thing in california uh worked at a hotel and lifeguarding and stuff and then was given the opportunity to open the islander warehouse uh there in santa Ana, and i took it and i saw I saw what was there and what I've lived through my whole life um, since I was, what, six years old. Um, And really, the year that I wasn't working for the family, I was able to see how fortunate I was and I I took the opportunity to Yeah, man, you're like born into something special. (laughs) It's like, I mean, you know, if you... If you totally have to, you go off for a while, but this yeah. is like something precious. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, Joe, you found something in your passion that sparked what is going to be many generations to come. And I guess that that effort shows, too, in you know your whole reforestation. Talk more about your reforestation project. 
you know, that was a, a passion project, or is, because it all stemmed from a simple goal, which was to plant a koa tree for every ukulele we build. And, you know, the simplicity in that is really what has driven it to become a life's passion and being able to see that it was more than just koa wood that needed help. It was actually the whole forest needs help. And being able to translate the fact of as an ukulele builder, yeah, it makes sense. You go and plant koa trees. And no, but I think people think you took over this forest to just go cut down a bunch of koa trees. Yeah, and that wasn't and that's the case. not what you're doing. No. Kind of the opposite. Right. Mm-hmm. So showing there's a way that you can steward a, 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 you know, a part of these islands and do it very differently than the old way. Of course, the old way being cut down the timber, sell the lumber, sell the wood and bring in cattle and that's how you're going to make money on your land. Yeah. But this is a whole different way of, you know, actually keeping the animals out, uh having an existing forest where that's our seed bank and that's where we're able to get these keiki or these seedlings from kupuna, you know, old growth koa which is it just doesn't exist anymore and then plant that. Koa was growing naturally and, and will grow naturally. Right. But it seems like really hard to, I don't know, have it work nowadays, given the amount of pests and different species you're dealing with. Well, you know, the, the native Hawaiian forest as a whole literally evolved over hundreds of thousands of years with one mammal, which was the opeopea bat or the hore bat. That was the oh, only wow. mammal that existed in the archipelago. And then, you know, of course, Hawaiians came as, you know, people, as man. And that, that was only, the second animal? That was the second animal. <laughs> wow. Right. And to think these, these, you know, the beautiful forest that had been here for hundreds of thousands of years basically had no threat. Right. You know, other than the birds, the, the bat, and, you know, the... the um, you know, the insects and the different animals, but ultimately as man and the different mammals started to be introduced, ultimately that's where it started to degrade the forest. And, you know, granted the sheep and the goats and the cows and the horses and the llamas and the buffalo and all these animals that now exist on the islands, they love coal. Koa is like candy. So all of the keiki koa trees that come up, they're going right in and they're eating them up before the tree even has it or the keiki has a chance to become a tree. So one of the first challenges, of course, was to to fence and keep the animals out. Yeah. I mean, that took, I mean, you guys took over the land in 2014, I think, right? Yes. So it's like it took years to even get to a point to where you could start the keikis mm-hmm. and give them a place that they can flourish. Right. And creating that safe space took time. Uh, took time in getting the animals out, building the fencing, and then preparing the site for planting. So in, in 2014, when we acquired the property, we had no idea on how to even plant a koa tree, how to raise a koa tree. These are all the things we had to learn. And as we learned, 
in 2017 when we finally did our first round of planting where we planted 5,000 trees that year. Um, you know, we had learned a lot in those first, you know, two and a half years before we planted. <clears throat> and then to today in 2019 where we've planted over 17,000 trees. Total. Total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's something like spiritual about it, putting that into the earth for the future. It's very special when we have visitors come and they're able to plant their own trees because we have koa and iliahi, which is sandalwood. We always suggest, please think of a name for your tree. You're actually planting this tree, giving it life. And then after they plant it, water it, we have them, they can either say a prayer, they can sing, uh, they name it. They normally end up sharing a story about how they came up with the name for their tree. And I would say nine nine times out of 10, they're crying and they're just, there's nothing else going on in the world at the moment while they're planting their tree. That's beautiful. It is very beautiful. And to go back just a few months later, the tree's already doubled in size. So I suggest to them, count how many leaves are on this tree. So let's say, oh, five or seven. They're still the little cakey leaves. You know, they haven't transformed yet. They come back and they're like, wow, the tree's huge. I can't even count how many leaves and it's only been a few months. So just to watch someone be so connected with just a tree, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, you, you're one of those people. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's kind of your passion, right? Yeah. You're kind of like whatever on the Connie Leo stuff yeah. into the forest. But it seems like, it yeah. seems really, I mean, okay. You're not just cutting koa from this place to use for your ukes. This is a whole separate initiative. Right. And um, it just seems, well, you're running a fairly large company manufacturing in Hawaii Mm -hmm. with a bunch of people under you that you're managing. And on the side, you're just caring for like going over to the big island. I don't know. How do you manage all of all that you've got going on? That's why they had children. <laughs> oh, that's where you come in. Right. All part of the plan. Yeah. I think it's um you know, when it's your passion, it actually it it, it comes. I wouldn't say easy, but it, it you know, everything unfolds. And whether we're working together in the shop and working on a new model for two thousand twenty and or, you know, working with our suppliers to receive our wood and this balance of being a manufacturer in Hawaii, which, of course... And simultaneously, you manage to have all these face-to-face interactions with people making connections, making new friends. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, dang, man, you go at it every <laughs> I th- day. I think it's important, you know, from... Yes, from a builder's point of view, that we know where we get our wood from, that we're responsibly sourcing everything that we're using in what we're building. But even beyond that, to say, okay, let's go and plant 19,000 trees or 17,000 trees by 
2019, you know, and to set a goal of something like that, which can be almost daunting, like, is that even possible? How do you plant a tree? And it would be very easy to say, well, you know, that's just too hard. That's too hard. We can't do it. But the reality is we don't say that. We say, how do we do it? We come to the solutions of what is it going to take? Yes, we have to build a greenhouse. Yes, we have to, you know, raise the keikis. We have to do the site prep. These are the parts that are so important to ultimately fulfill very, a, a very simple goal of planting a koa tree for every ukulele. Now that we're so involved in it and seeing that it's beyond just a koa tree for every ukulele, now we're looking at preserving and ensuring that our native Hawaiian forest thrives for generations to come. Because the reality is what we're planting today, what Kaimano and Iokepa and Kahiao were planting when we were doing our our, our annual planting a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago will never become a koa tree in their lifetime or you never become an ukulele in their lifetime. It will never become an ukulele in our lifetime. And that's the beauty of what we're doing. It's not about building You're ukuleles. You're sure that there's Hawaiian koa in the future because it's just yeah. such a sought after and so it's been, you know, over the past few decades we've seen what's happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's a full biodiverse forest that we're planting. <clears throat> Originally, our goal is to plant a koa tree for every instrument. Then as we got involved in it, we're like, wait, because we're doing a whole forest, we can't just plant one tree. We have to plant the other endemic species that belong there. So then we got involved in planting the sandalwood, mamaki, a'ali'i. That probably makes for a stronger forest anyway to yes. have the diversity rather it than does. just koa, koa, koa. Yeah. yeah. And so they're, they're all sporadic wherever they belong. And then as the seeds grow, because we're not intending on cutting these trees. Right. So we want it to be just a healthy, a healthy forest. Yeah. And with that, as the canopy trees are there and then the understory, it will hopefully get rid of all the invasives because now we're tasked with... Oh, I don't know if you can ever get rid of the invasives. It rains and they grow so fast. I'm like, I truly think getting rid of the invasives is harder than planting a tree. Because as soon as you pull it, it comes back. So it's continuous work in order to protect it. But then the natural habitat's coming back. It's it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. And that's where, you know, seeing as the habitat gets restored and this area that you know, we called the savanna, which was basically cleared for cattle. Uh, and seeing now, you know, the apapane and the iivi and the amakihi and the elepayo and these native birds. The birds come back, huh? Yeah, they mm-hmm. come. And, you know, there's a bunch of different uh, olelo noeao, or these Hawaiian words of wisdom that have passed on. And, you know, as you plant during the rain, you know, it ensures healthy planting. As the forest returns, it brings the rain, you know, and this water cycle that is so important to the aquifers. And it's like they understood environmentalism before it was a science, you know. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Part of their deep ancient wisdom. It's mm -hmm. like this is how we interact with the world in a long, sustainable way. Exactly. Because they had to live sustainably in one of the most remote places in the world. 
And although our world yeah. is so small today and we're reaching out and, you know, touching people all over the world with this wonderful podcast, you know, our ancestors <laughs> Thank you for basically coming. survived, right? Without this same kind hey, of talk content. about that, your lineage, because you have uh, you have some some of all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you know, it's a mixed plate, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As as we all are in Hawaii, it's, we're so diverse. We we're creating a biodiverse forest with some biodiverse people. And the re- and and we have a goal, real quick, before mm-hmm. you go on. Our goal. <laughs> I'm sorry. To, to plant. <laughs> I know what Kristen wants to talk about. <laughs> right. <laughs> is 195,000 trees is our first goal. You know what I want to know? How can somebody have that personal experience? To have a tree, sponsor a tree? To come do mm, that. We don't is have it? that yet. Oh. Not that, yet. That's something. But I they think. can sponsor a tree. Right, and then right. we send them the certificate with the GPS coordinates. They go on Google Earth and can see right in the area that no, that's, is planted. that's really cool. And mm-hmm. then they can buy merchandise. We're well, I, working on it, though. I think the personal though. experience in the future here. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to have to do that. We're, yeah. we're actually setting it up now with pathways, and if someone were to come, they probably could hike for about two hours already. It's safe and flat, mm-hmm. really beautiful. So, and our goal is 195,000 trees. And the reason is, is here in Hawaii, we have all the different uh, different ethnicities. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool that we include everybody? So I got online and I said, how many countries are there in the world? 195. So that's why we chose 195,000 as our first goal, so nobody gets left out. <laughs> that's the first goal. Mm-hmm. Then One hopefully we country. can spread. Yeah. 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 But- I, yeah. I think what or you know a thousand could, for each country. Right? Yeah. Yes, yes, a, a thousand, thousand for, for each, each country. country. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you know what, what Kristen's sharing is this this new way of stewardship, or this new uh, refreshed way of land management, which was so different than the, the the different eras in Hawaii, and looking at how can this concept now be translated across the state with saving Hawaii's forests mm-hmm. and then ultimately across the world you know how this way of life that you know Hawaiians and I want to say most indigenous cultures had a balance in life to be able to live with nature and have that balance and not just consume or take but also give back and like how you touched on a little earlier uh, with, you know, being Hawaiian, Portuguese, and basically a mixed plate, as we all are here in Hawaii, uh, we had an opportunity to tie into our Portuguese roots, where, you know, here at home, we're very tied in with our Hawaiian roots. And in celebration of the 140th anniversary of the first ship that sailed from Madeira to Hawaii, which had the first documented machete, or uh, what what today they know as the bregenya, or, uh, or the rajao, which is another kind of ancestor to the ukulele, and celebrating that first ship that sailed, which ultimately became the birth of the ukulele. 
and how Hawaiians embrace the instrument. And ultimately, today, the world recognized one of the most synonymous musical instruments from Hawaii, of course, is the ukulele. Your but grandmother the, was also on one of those yeah, ships at that time, right? That was like one of the most amazing parts of the trip is going back to Madeira. More importantly, you know, they actually took us to the church that she was baptized in, at, in Santa Maria. And then we went to the port where, she, where her ship sailed from in Funchal. And, you know, just kind of connected with our roots differently than we had ever had an opportunity to as a family. So, you know, as the five of us went and basically immersed ourselves in Portuguese and the culture there, we had so many different life experiences from sharing Hawaiian music with them to them sharing Portuguese and this folk um, style of Portuguese music with us and this revival of um, Portuguese music and this style of playing on a machete or a braguinha or do a rajao. Do they still have those? They do. Oh, that was cool. so interesting. But sadly, it was almost lost, you know? Almost like a relic or mm-hmm. like a cultural like piece you would see in a museum, but not being right. used in like everyday life mm-hmm. or being built. Did, do they ha- did they have ukuleles there? They did. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the ancestor to the ukulele was uh, what is called the machete. Right. Yeah, although my grandmother, she called it a machete de Braga, which basically translated to like small guitar from Braga. Uh, and um, from Braga, that's mm-hmm. what, like northern, northern Portugal. Portugal, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Madeira, Madeira, how do you say it? Madeira? Madeira. Madeira. Uh, yeah, there's Madeira. a role in the. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> which we learned, yeah. <laughs> But huh. it's amazing how much it seems to be like Hawaii. I mean, it's a volcanic island that mm-hmm. has beautiful forests and scenes. Right. Tell me about it. We, you know, one of the first thoughts when we landed was, well, this, this feels like home. But when you'd look from along the coast and kind of back up into the valley, it was almost like we were at home looking into Manoa Valley or looking into, you know, Nu'uanu um, Valley, kind of. It, it, the it earth was, was created in a similar way. That's absolutely. Yeah. And even though when we turn and we look to the ocean, we're looking basically at the Atlantic Ocean, it was still very much like Hawaii. In fact, it, it's almost like an island that's older than Kauai because it's been around longer than Kauai. So it was carved even further, you know, just been surviving in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean to the point where it's so steep. The in order to make are... things usable, they had to create uh, terraces. So there was literally terraces everywhere. In fact, the runway that we landed on was basically a terraced runway built on just amazing pillars because there's no flat area like oh, wow. what we're used to Trying along to the coast. That. Yeah, it's, wasn't, it's, wasn't it over the water? Yeah, it was, it was over a the bridge. Water. Yeah, it was they like built a bridge, yeah. Over the water for the runway. Yeah, it was the oh. most incredible sight. Mm-hmm. It's but, like another Hawaiian island that we've never seen. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. And you know, it's interesting. And they, 
Oh, they had us um, going and traveling around. I don't know if everyone has seen the Sousa boys, but we're we're pretty big. And, <laughs> 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 and and they said, "Oh, you have to go on this this excursion where you sit in these." Um, what were they called? Like a, uh, a toboggan. A toboggan. A, a yes. toboggan. Mm-hmm. And so normally two people sit in a toboggan each. And Joe and Kahiao went in one toboggan. And then they had me with Iokepa and Kaimana in a toboggan. And these guys, they, your toboggan goes down these steep hills. So you're on the ground in these wooden little seats. Like the couch you're sitting yeah, on. Like yeah, like this couch I'm yeah. sitting on. All three of us, all together, and there's one man with some shoes that are flat on the bottom, and they start running, and you go down this hill, just holding on, screaming, and the guy in the back is your brakes, using his feet to slow you down and turn you on this steep hills. I'm like, oh my gosh. I was screaming. Then all of a sudden we're like, wow, they must be barbecuing around here. It smells smells like a fire. Well, then all of a sudden the toboggan guy stops us. Our whole toboggan was on fire. Oh. <laughs> it was us <laughs> that I could smell. Yeah. What happened? Oh my gosh. Yeah, from the we friction. were too heavy. Oh, wow. <laughs> the rails. The no rails. Way. <laughs> Fire. Sparked it up, huh? We That's sparked right. it up. We, <laughs> we got a little Hawaiian in there. A little Hawaiian, yeah. So that was that was one of the amazing highlights of having fun times mm-hmm. while we were there. Right. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many fond memories while we were there, but I guess the most important part was just seeing this revival of what was nearly lost. And uh, through the Jarabanda group, they were able to really start to establish how important the machete and the, the rajao and, and yeah, do those people know the they had the roots of uh, this instrument that's popular around yeah, the world so they did but the, the 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 greater population of madera didn't really know i mean some people will probably not care but <laughs> yeah yeah because they you know they maybe didn't bother to 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 learn or maybe but it's just, something to take pride in you know right so that was kind of part of the mission was not only for us to experience, but also to kind of educate the, um, you know, the, the general give a, population. Give a mahalo to them and yeah. let them know what mm-hmm. kind of... Because without them, we wouldn't have the ukulele. That, that one ship had Nunez, um, uh-huh. Di, Diaz, and Santos, Santos, yeah. Santos mm-hmm. which are... So, like, those guys must have been the ones that just came over with the mission. and Right. I mean, but it did evolve, mm-hmm. you know, into what it is. Yeah. Of course. And it continues to. Yeah. And that's part of the fun in, you know, being an ukulele builder. Take us, like, from um, what, Peter Bermudez. Uh-huh. That was your original. Yeah. Uh, you were apprenticing under him. Mm-hmm. And and take us like up to to where we're at now. Wow, you know, come on, blast through it, right? What well, Uncle? Pete, <laughs> it, it was so loving. In, in You're the, like, we're gonna be here a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about a year. <laughs> but I, I, we got I, time. I think with him, it was um, yes, it was a hobby, and 
it was something he loved to do, but there was there was beauty in simplicity and just knowing that there really wasn't any rules. You know, he didn't he didn't create like these boundaries of well we only do this and that's how you do it. It's more I think the greatest example of that is my first ukulele that I ever built with him completely on my own with him was what we would call today a super concert was a concert body with a tenor scale and it it wasn't no you can't build that it's yeah I don't know let's try you know that when I asked him can we do a concert with a tenor scale and I mean to this day I think his teaching and the ability to say the boundaries are only set by ourselves as a builder and, and the limitations are only set by ourselves allowed this creative way of looking at the instrument to be able to build today but still you know don't step too far away from a traditional instrument but be creative in what we can do so you know from the first round of bracing being uh you know chopsticks so hey when we go to get our poke bowls grab some extra chopsticks you know because that's going to be the bracing on our ukulele you know things like that where it's not a joke no, that's that's real right that's the reality or you know when we're did sanding you do that? oh i didn't personally but i've seen it i think i repaired a few of them <laughs> you know uh you know getting a piece of wood and walking up to a, a you know six inch by 48 inch sander sanding the wood shh, and then look at it oh yeah close enough next you know where today we use micrometers throughout the shop we're constantly checking thicknesses we talk in thousands of an inch everywhere in the shop because it's a whole new level of accuracy that we can achieve today and Crazy. that's not saying what uncle pete taught me was wrong because that's how he learned you know and that's when he was up and coming as you know a luthier to see how it was built and today of course how we build which i mean you could have just kept on that simple path but that ain't mm -hmm. you no you're just like forward and upward and i'm gonna do the most i can with this life to you know expand it as much as possible and i see that in like you've got the automatic side benders now you've got the new laser machine and all like great equipment to mm -hmm. kind of just buckle down and get production tight right and it's 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 the accuracy that we're able to achieve today as a modern day builder and i, I share this story very lovingly you know 20 years ago i never thought I could have all of the power and knowledge of mankind in the palm of my hand, you know, with, right, a, exactly. with today's phone. That's more powerful than all the computers were 20 years ago. <laughs> right. And to think, you know, how we integrate technology into our daily lives, because, man, I couldn't leave the house without my phone. You know, I couldn't even find myself without my phone. You know, I mean, it's like everything. <laughs> <been> right? <laughs> and... <laughs> Here we are as a modern day builder, and how do we integrate technology into what we do to basically get a better result? That's how I see this. Yeah. If it takes us longer, for example, on you know the automated side benders, the the full cycle is uh, eight minutes twenty seconds. You know, say a total of twenty minutes to to cycle a, a set of sides. Whereas our old benders, we could bend the set of sides in like two minutes. You know so much faster but 
could it be as accurate as what we're doing today? Oh, fascinating. Yeah, so here we are. I thought it was all about time saving, but it's the accuracy. Right. The consistency. The consistency. I mean, even the laser, that's another great example. I mean, I could walk up to a bandsaw and cut out the workpiece quicker than the laser. Well, maybe about as fast as the new laser. But generally speaking, it wasn't like a time-saving thing. It was a, this is how we can do it even more accurate. No, when I watch the CNC just cutting your fret slots, it's like, dang, that goes slow. Right. That takes a long time. (laughs) It does. Mm -hmm. I think one fingerboard takes 12 12 minutes. minutes. Where, you know, on the old gang saw, we could have a fingerboard in a couple minutes, you know. But is it as accurate? Again. I mean, different styles, but I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Yeah. And, and and I mean, the fact that you've gotten to where you can make that investment. But you've you've been smart all, all along, you know. I mean, right off the bat, you got into the UV finishing, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And that was a big risk. You know, that's a five, at the time, you know, uh, we did this back in May of 2006. But I think we committed to the UV box back in October of 2005. You know, that was a $50,000 piece of yeah. equipment, which is a huge investment right. to not gamble Especially on. Especially with a, you know, downturn in the economy coming in right. 08. <laughs> yeah, who would, who would <laughs> even think? <laughs> didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. I didn't see that. Nobody, no. yeah. And I, to be quite honest, I cannot be accredited for this because honestly, the backbone, the true backbone of our company is Kristen. And her oh, and her that. team. <laughs> yeah. Onward with the story. That's, that's <laughs> just like always in the background. You know. Okay. You yeah, know? that's enough about me. Thanks. No, 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 no. Kristen no, is No, awesome. we're good. I mean, honestly, like Kristen is the one who I deal with and who helps me because Joe's in his design world and, you know, mm-hmm. you've got a lot going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm so happy as a clam. Yeah. I appreciate you too. Yeah, having Kristen be there as but there I, for you. I guess I got to get to know Kaimana more. Yeah, like of course. He's, he's stepping into that role. Yeah. It's actually mimicking your family, just how your dad trained you. And now we saw mm. Noel with his son. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Very similar paths. No, his mm-hmm. son Taj is like, he, he's pretty good. He's getting it, you know. But yeah. of That's course, awesome. It's like, um, and your it's daughter a skill was here, to have, you know. As mm-hmm. your daughter was here and setting my, up, she she was helping, yeah, build bodies downstairs with them too a little bit, which awesome. was really cool to see. Right, and I was like, man, why don't I do this more often? Oh. Uh, yeah, she's got to go to school, but <laughs> <laughs> I bet they aren't teaching her stuff like this, <laughs> right? <laughs> Honestly, like though, like it should be a requirement. Ukulele should be a requirement in our schools. It's mm-hmm. just a travesty that it's right. not. It was. It sparked the interest of people like you and many people that, mm-hmm. you know, it mm-hmm. need, I, a lot of schools do it, but it should be a requirement across the board. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It I should mean, be. I it's agree. the state instrument. It just went into law what, five years ago. Or, or yeah. yeah. I just Very was recently. looking at that paperwork. We just yesterday. found out that in Korea, it's required in school. Yeah, there's other learn. countries. Yeah, that are, Canada. But it only mm-hmm. makes sense. This instrument is perfect. I mean, uh, adults can love it equally as well but it's just more like physically capable for children to learn music with Mm -hmm. it's got the harmonies so it's not you know a single note recorder kind of a you know 
you've got the um the whole rhythm is there i mean mm -hmm. you could basically be a drummer as well right Mm -hmm. oh. Sorry, I'm just no, yeah. rambling. No, it's yeah, great. We totally agree. It is true mm -hmm. with the boys coming in and taking over. We're doing a lot of training, and this is a big transitional time these next couple Dude, years. Don't get mm -hmm. fired, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm a, She'll do it. Yeah. I think we've all been fired. You don't a let her times. down. <laughs> oh, really? You got rehired? Yeah. yeah. I ran a tough, uh, tight ship. Tight fired ship. for the day. You're fired. Get out of here. <laughs> like a couple times a week. I think they're ready to fire mom and dad. They oh, said no. they're going to put us out to pasture. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, we Christian you is a Leo, so you don't want to mess with her. Right? <laughs> what was that, brother? So we need you for a little while longer. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I can see us being involved because ultimately, you know, the passion for building an ukulele and even the passion for being a business owner is something that takes a lifetime to, to develop and the lifetime of that skill to develop. But when we're there for our children and we're there with them and working alongside with them, I'm positive I can speak on behalf of both Kristen and I to say that it is the most happiest time. I mean, it's the most fondest memories that are being created no it's true yeah when I we're mean, working like i get these little moments like even with my daughter here earlier when we were setting up for this shoot i mean it's time passes and you start you know you realize that but at first you don't really get it you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's nice that um it's really nice to because it's like in the end all you guys are gonna have to admit damn it my parents were cool you no, know, they're really cool. And I should I should take this blessing and run with it. Because mm -hmm. you guys have an amazing business, you know. Yeah, it's definitely... I may have took it for granted, but I have realized since that there's nothing like it. And I go to work fired up every day. To, Beautiful. That's awesome, man. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And you know, there's that sense of accomplishment when Kaimana is wrapping up at the end of the day and, he, you know, he's checking in with me and we're, we're going to kind of connect with Kristen because she's in the front office. And, you know, it's it, it's just like the it's day... It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. It's you know, awesome. we, we were wrapping up and we planted, I don't know, over a thousand trees that one day, you know, and we're, 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 we're looking back at this this day of work, you know, and the sense of accomplishment that we all have as a family, like, yeah. I mean, we did if this. If there was an award for coolest family of the year, I'd, I'd definitely <laughs> give it to you guys right now. That's awesome, Thank man. You. I mean, that's what, you know, we all hope our families stay together and, and work together yeah. like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's always hard. You know, there's always going to be, like, things within families that yeah. people... It's the same as working with the ohana of your business. You have to work things out. And right. you can't be like this, like angry type person about things that you feel like weren't right or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard though. I mean, but you, you're probably really good at that. You're super <laughs> mellow. Well, you know, I think we all have a threshold, and some thresholds are, you know, a little greater than others, and vice versa. You know, some thresholds are a little. I wouldn't say short fused, but you know, they they come a pre a bit quicker, and and and. With all of that, you know, all of that uh, diversity that each of us bring as a different family member and the strength that we bring together, 
I think that's where, you know, we can rely on each other in a different way. And, you know, when Kaimana comes and he's checked in, he's like, hey, dad, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm finishing up, you know, some custom inlays. In fact, I've been working on ukulele sites, cocoa bolo with a, yeah, you know, a cedar top. Yeah, we got some and, awesome customs coming through. Right. It's going to be so sick. Yeah, and it's like killer cocoa bolo and just amazing. The maple, that last um, maple one was sounded awesome, too. I think this whole series is going to be top notch. Absolutely. And I, I think from a guitar builder's point of view and a ukulele point of view, koa isn't the only wood. You know, I mean, there are amazing tone woods found all over the world. Yes, there's a certain exoticness that koa has, you know, this Hawaiian allure. But beyond that, you well, know, Master Grade is like beautiful. arguably the most beautiful wood you could Right, ever. in the world, yeah. At some of the kanileas, I mean... Mm-hmm. I could put up a few on the screen. And, right. just, but. And, and, and the reality is, like today, I want to say we're building from some of the most beautiful coal we have ever built from. And in Absolutely. the near future, we're going to be building from stuff that's even mind-blowing beyond that. How do you do that. it? Um, Everybody else is just crying. It's, it's, <laughs> it's being smart in our relationships. That's yeah. how I see that is, as being... You guys are like in the deep family, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, good, you got you know? the deep connections. Dang. No, nah, but actually, mm-hmm. Bob Taylor and you have worked together a lot. And from what you were telling me, he's also kind of following your direction and getting a large plot on the Big Island to plant Koa and take up that same initiative that you've kind of pioneered here. And, you know, I, I mean, there's no way I could really stake the claim that it's something that we did that he's doing you know there may there there were opportunities where the the work that he's doing and the work that we're doing we inspired each other to the point now where yeah he's committed he's going to plant 220,000 koa trees what yeah talk about you know seeing something that we're doing and saying I love what you're doing but I want to do 35,000 more (laughs) Um, he he wants to do it in the capacity that he's able to you know and and i can't speak for bob but i can say you know if somebody does ask him why he'll tell you why not why don't we do this why don't we start to look at our natural resources in a different way and say you know in a hundred years people are going to want to play guitars people are going to want to play ukuleles in a hundred years from now and if we deplete these resources then there's a there's a chance that we may not have ukuleles or we may not have guitars so putting oh this dystopian future man you got me all sunken in the dark place <laughs> you know i think the a reality world without is ukuleles and guitars no, no. <laughs> it's not possible and i think with with responsible builders like ourselves and like taylor guitars saying hey we can't just expect this problem to go away or we can't keep using our natural resources and expect them to keep coming i mean most people just don't know what to do about it you know Mm -hmm. it starts with one tree opportunities right yeah but i mean even you 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 were building ukes for quite a while before it even dawned on you that you were gonna actually have a forest of them right and I think, you know, at the time, from even the simple goal of planting a koa tree, we seen this 20 years ago, 
20 mm-hmm. plus years ago. Whoa, yeah. how old are you guys? No, no, no. <laughs> well, you know, back when we were in our teens. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you won the falsetto contest mm-hmm. and we, we won a trip to Kauai after the falsetto contest and that's when we saw the vision and that was in 97. You still mm-hmm. got that falsetto? Oh, yeah. Well, through oh, yeah. the rass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's when we had the vision. And it just took us a while. We were really busy with the kids going through school and trying to just get through and build the business. And the business allowed us that gift to move forward on our other passion. (laughs) Sorry. Somebody Mm -hmm. flushed the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a passion in itself. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, as far as what you guys, I guess to wrap it up and for people to wrap their minds around it, like, what's your mission with um, what you're doing on the big island? Well, you know, to translate this, this new way of land management and to show an alternative. And I think... You know, at the end of the day, it, it's working. As far as what we're doing there, it's showing others the the potential or the the, the possibilities. <clears throat> and I think when we start to look at how do we balance what we do as an ukulele builder, you know, and to to bring some clarity towards, yes, we we build ukuleles, but more importantly, we preserve our forests or we preserve our natural resources to the point where the ukulele really isn't the priority. Yes, we build ukuleles, and we're going to build beautiful handcrafted masterpieces, but the reality with building comes the responsibility, right? And, you know, to be able to showcase and educate others on these symbiotic relationships that were created over thousands of years between the Iivi and Koa, and the relationship between the Nene or the Native Hawaiian goose and, and water and how important water is to the forest or the relationship between the Pulelehua or the um, Kamehameha you know, butterfly. People just came through and they're just like, how can we make money on whatever there is here? I mean, they were, I don't know, not, not exactly, but that was, it's just like clear cutting for cattle or you know i mean there's you look at like how we lost a lot of the forest here and it's just like such a tragedy right anyways yeah but you know here we are showing an alternative yeah which in turn but how do you afford that i mean you you just prioritize it that's how you see it i don't understand how you can take on a land and not make money on it but is that part of a nonprofit type of thing? See, that's where the other side of this okay. comes stepping in, where we are able to do what we do. We build beautiful ukuleles and showcasing the ukulele and then showcasing the relationship that takes place in the forest to then give others the opportunity to be able to help and be able to do their part. Because we can't expect everyone to come in and plant 17,000 trees. We realize that it, it 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 takes well it takes a coordinated effort, and as a team, yes, we can do this. But 
for those who do want to help, and here's a perfect opportunity. Right now, Uncle Willie K, who is undoubtedly the most dynamic musician from Hawaii. What yep. what Willie does with ukulele and the musical journey that he takes people on when he shares his music is I phenomenal. Think, I think 99% of us watching have felt that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so gifted and so special. Yeah. And with him really kind of getting behind the project by saying, yeah, I'll go ahead and play this Eevee Honikoa, you know, this honey creeper and how it then relies on koa and showcasing that on an ukulele and sharing that with the world. And Kanileo Ukulele basically builds the instrument and donates that instrument for Willie to enjoy and share. After Willie goes and plays and shares his music, he then donates the instrument to Saving Hawaii's Forests. And as a nonprofit organization, Saving Hawaii's Forests will auction the EEV Honikoa, which then in turn, the recipient of that ukulele who wins that instrument will now support the planting of a forest and the restoration of our native forests through the support of, of course, bidding on that ukulele. And, and it goes beyond that. You know, it's a, it's a Patrick Ching original, a glissé, with the EEV and the and the uh, the coal wood. Yeah, maybe we'll put up some pictures that mm-hmm. you guys can send over to me. Yeah, we'll yeah. get you some pictures. Some and there's a bell uh-huh. that comes along with it Pretty in the sweet forest. Custom, and it's done in the Willie Case style in a lot of ways, right? Yes, mm-hmm. and that's that's what we wanted. Right, you know, it, it it's it's subtle. It's not blingy to say, but it's beautiful. It's got all those features, though. Yeah, yeah. you know, the armrest, the cutaway, the side sound yeah. port. Aloha, I'm Kristen Souza. My husband Joe and I started Kanile Ukulele in 1998. And the ukulele has been very significant in our lives. It's allowed us to meet many people and travel around the world. And with this adventure that we are on, we realized we needed to do something more. Something more for the community, something more for the world. And we had a dream to start planting koa trees for every ukulele that we built. We were able to purchase this parcel in 2014 and start our reforestation efforts with the help of many hands. And as we continue to plant koa, we realized that it's, it's a whole biodiverse forest that we needed to create. It's not just one species. So we decided to take a look at this area of land and see what actually belonged there, what had been cleared by the cattle and the ranching that had gone on. After doing our research, we realized all the other native species that were native to this area, which are sandalwood, mamane, pilo, aali'i, mamaki, and many other native species. And that learning experience allowed us to create a full biodiverse forest. It also led us to creating a nonprofit organization called Saving Hawaii's Forests. And Saving Hawaii's Forests, along with Kanile Ukulele, created this amazing program that I'm so excited to share with you today.
This ukulele has been built out of koa, master grade koa, the front, back, and sides of the body. We've created an ebony armrest, an ebony cutaway, ebony fretboard bridge and head plate, and you'll see all of the inlays here are made out of stabilized poplar. These inlays, this is an EEV bird, a koa leaves, and the koa leaves continue up the fretboard and onto the headstock. Koa buttons for the tuning keys. How we've selected our celebrity artist is finding out who has the same passion as we do for reforestation, for service, for giving back. Our first celebrity artist that we've selected is Uncle Willie K. And he will be receiving this ukulele and taking it around with him on gigs, traveling around the world. He can record with it. Hopefully, you can get him to sign the ukulele and create a little jingle to go along with it. Once he donates this instrument back to Saving Hawaii's Forest, our nonprofit organization, we will then have an auction where your chance to actually bid and win this instrument. The winner of this ukulele will be receiving not only the ukulele, but a bell and a very special painting by Patrick Ching of the EEV and the Koa Tree. To find out more about this instrument, please continue to check back at our website, Kanile Ukulele, to see about the auction, which will go live December 1st, 2019. Thank you so much for all of your support. Aloha. Yeah, Uncle Willie, on behalf of the Board of Saving Hawaii's Forest, thank you again for uh, supporting us in that venture. You guys are welcome, man. Thank you, Uncle Willie. Thank you for being part of the family. It's a good thing to be involved with, and I, uh, I shall um, work with this piece of beauty with honor and pride. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, just a thought, you know, just like your music inspires and uh, has, helps a lot of people in mm -hmm. uh, deforestation or <laughs> saving Hawaii's forests. It uh, really impacts the uh, um, Hawaii and the, and the environment. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of the most interesting things that people look forward to when they come to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Most of them would come for the beaches and everything else, and, but when they hear something like this is happening, they want to know where they can sign and who's doing the, uh, the tour guide deal for that. And that's, that's something I think we've got to work on because there's a lot of people who want to help with a program like what the board is taking care of, you know? Oh, very awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, you know, really, uh, we designed and thought of you in this project, knowing that ultimately who we are as Kanilea mm -hmm. and who you are as Uncle Willie K, mm -hmm. and showcasing an ukulele in a way that nobody really has ever you know, identified the ukulele and having an instrument that would recognize our native forests, our endangered birds, our endangered plants. And in this case, we designed the Iivi Honi Koa to show its relationship, how the koa wouldn't survive without the Iivi and mm -hmm. vice versa. The Iivi won't survive without koa. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the project was you know, a passion project 
as Kandilea to know that there's creative ways we can do unique things on an ukulele mm. and get it to an artist like yourself and have the instrument be enjoyed and played blues, mm -hmm. Hawaiian, mm -hmm. traditional, contemporary, you know, whatever genre. And then showcasing an instrument in a way where that instrument could then be enjoyed by many, both by how beautiful it is, but even how it sounds. Well, let me tell you this, Angel. A lot of people, because I'm going to tell you about some experiences mm -hmm. with performing with the ukulele. And because it's so beautiful, yeah, they want to know. Nobody has knowledge of what's behind the creation of the instrument or what goes on or what people want to do or, or what goes on with people like Kanilia, what they're actually doing. Mm -hmm. They're not just making ukuleles. They're doing more beautiful things like reforestation. Mm -hmm. And that is probably the most important thing for me of why I play the ukulele and I support. Um, people out there can say, hey, you know, uh, I, I bought this and this and that, you know, and uh, it's something, okay, you know what, there's a history behind mine. Mm -hmm. There's a history behind what and why I play this instrument. Mm -hmm. And then this new one coming up, I'm going to have to take this baby around the world and then teach some people and preach some <laughs> good things about this Evie called ukulele, you know? Mm -hmm. And that'll be a great mission for me to do because I, I, uh, I know I have, you know, I've garnered a lot of clients and a lot of people to say, I want to get me one of those uh, mm -hmm. with the other ukulele. But now we got this beautiful piece of work, mm -hmm. you know, that'll help us with uh, the program of the reforestation in Kona on, on your wonderful ranch <laughs> and with your beautiful family. Thank you, brother. And, you know, a lot of people need to actually do stuff that you have to offer. Mm -hmm. um, and that's either to adopt a tree mm -hmm. or come and plant the tree, mm -hmm. you know, or learn about, you know, the wood that... Uh, making this wonderful, beautiful instrument. And then I, and people finally can leave with the you know, with, with some sense of pride while they're, you know, playing one of your beautiful instruments over here. You know, and they can have some a story to tell. You know, I mean I, you, you don't even know what greatness you have with the business of Cornelia. And I wouldn't be part of something just because it's it's the most beautiful instrument or when I found out what was going on behind it, mm. I, that, that was it. I'm sold. I mean, guitar players around the world, they only know about, you know, certain pots and stuff like that. The guitar does this, the guitar does They already know that. But they don't know about what it takes and how long it's going to take to make that instrument precious for you. Mm. Okay? Cornelia is that. You know, they, they're... Um, the introduction to the world about how and why we build these beautiful ukuleles or these instruments, yeah, for people to enjoy. Um, they need to experience the spiritual side, you know, because it's really that deep. Um, so that's basically why I'm here helping you out and doing this, spreading the word and stuff. And I tell people when I'm on, on stage, I tell, I tell them the story that you tell me. Mm -hmm about, you know, where this comes from and, you know, what the program is and stuff. And I tell everybody, 
Because, you know, first of all, they look at my ukulele, I said, you know, just because you own one ukulele like this, doesn't mean you're going to sound like me. But <laughs> it means you're just helping. You're helping, in, uh, you're helping an incredible program. And then I Beautiful. share. Beautiful. So, Uncle Willie, we, we designed this ukulele mm -hmm. to gift to you from Kanilea. And the intention is we got some beautiful core, like mental master grade core. Did the inlay of the EEV, the core, showing the core leaves, the core flowers, and all wood. You know, we didn't use any pearl or abalone. We wanted it to be really organic, more natural as far as the inlays go. But do the inlays a little differently than we've ever done before. Even with the little side sound port. Yeah. Yeah. Little accents, armrests, the cutaway, you know, the different features. But to give to you, for you to enjoy, play, as we say, boss them up. <laughs> and then, for ultimately this ukulele to help put more trees into the ground. So, this is Mahalo, thank you very much, my brother. Mahalo, thank you so much. The world is going to get to know what's going on behind this beautiful instrument. And that's going to be my mission. All right. I have, I have always uh, been uh, thankful uh, for Joe and his lovely wife and the rest of his gang for always, um, you know, thinking about me as part of their ohana. Um, and I remember the first time I told my wife, honey, I, I, want to, I, I, I want to hook up with these guys because they got this program behind the instrument. You know, like I said before, the world doesn't really know what goes on on how this beautiful piece of work comes to be. And I will be, it's a, I will be honored to let the world know what it is that reforestation does so that you can get beautiful pieces of work, artwork like this. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Because I'm a tree hugger. <laughs> Can't help it. I got videos to prove it. <laughs> I made my children go and hug trees now. And they're trying to go, what is up with that? Huh? I thought he was a biker, you yeah, know, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Malo. Thank you. Thank you. We're gonna make music. Sure. Come on. Let's go. Beautiful. Let's go. Where we stay by Kia. Kia feel good. Sure. F. Oh, my God. 
This is my Rembrandt, right here. My Rembrandt. What's that other guy that one? That one cut his ear. Mm. That guy too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, take a good look, folks. We're gonna be looking for somebody who, who's gonna be worthy of taking care of this baby. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. You're so welcome. You know. Uh, the, uh, before we close, I, I'd like to say that me and the boys and your crew, you know, um, and this is just me being selfish, a diva, is my space. 
Um, you know, talking to them and thanking them for all of the good works that they've done and, you know, how much Allah they put into their job. And then when I was done doing that, they came up and just, you know, just Allah me. They just came up with love. And then that other boy, when I walked out, came and said, Uncle, can I say a prayer for you? And I said, of course, you know. And I felt his spirit was so powerful into giving me that gift, you know. And that's, that's how it is. That, those are the little tiny gifts that we have here or you have here, you know. That's what a lot of people should experience. And the world hasn't experienced that for a very, very long time. You know, I always say, yeah, the world needs a little aloha to make it spin better, you know, just a little, just a little. Don't tell me what is good and what is bad. Just have some aloha and you find out what it is. Right. Yeah. So, use a little aloha and it'll so make true. your day. Yeah. Aloha. 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 <laughs> what, I guess we can leave it with like, what do you, what do you want your legacy to be, Joe? As uh, you know, when you think on those more grand terms, well, you know, to see our grandchildren and our great grandchildren being able to brought up in a culture that's rich in Hawaiianness, in who we are as a people, and who we were as parents, grandparents, great grandparents. I think that's the only thing I could ever wish for, and you know, if I could see the future and our great, 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 great grandchild building one of the most amazing ukuleles that has ever been shared with anybody, that would be... Puts all of ours to shame. Well, it would be a dream come true, you know, and I mean, we share this internally. I don't know how you get better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They will. You know, we're on a relentless pursuit of the perfect ukulele, and as we continue to pursue that, I truly believe that the future generations will be able to will be able to really achieve something far greater than we were ever to. So, you know, to to really set the groundwork today and the work that we're doing now for the future generation to really understand that there's a way that we can do this, that we can be contributing members to society as a luthier, as a family, as you know, just good people, but more importantly, the good work and the life that we lead and the life that we leave really made a difference in this world and truly is going to affect many generations to come. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you guys for taking the time. For uh, you guys, you know, if you go back a few episodes, you'll get samples of Corrine Clay and um, I mean, you can go to our Vimeo and put in the search bar at the ukulele site Vimeo Kanilea, and there's a lot. There's a lot of videos that'll come up. So, you know, this episode doesn't have uh, you know music, but there's tons out there, and we appreciate you know getting a more in-depth look at what you guys got going on. This was a good conversation. I know. When I edit it tonight, I'm just going to be telling myself to shut up in a lot of places. So I apologize for any of that. Don't worry. But um, many mahalos and let's do it again. Because I feel like I could have. Feel like this could have gone a lot longer. Yeah, thank you for having us.
All right. Mahalo. Thank you. Mahalo. Thank you.